0: Joel Blake and Jeremy Brown.
1: Texans at four. Joe George screwed up. <laughs> he knows it, too. Look at that eating grin. There we go. There we go. ready to play. Ready to play. 53-man roster set, too. So We know the fact. Ah, we don't know the 53. Texans are still going to add. They're going to claim a few dudes, I think. Oh, Nick. I'm going go, Son of a gun,
0: as you would say. But Nick's going to still be pulling some punches to get some guys.
1: I'm going to go. I'll go three new players on the Texan than what they have right now after all the cuts. I'll go three.
0: 402, Mark. Okay. I'll go three. After 402 PM. Under. I'm going to go under. Under three? I think two.
1: Mm, I could see that. Joe, you want to get in on this game? Over, over under three? For Will and Dylan, Nick Casario, woo.
2: I'm gonna take the under.
1: Okay. All right. Maybe I said a bad number there. Maybe I maybe I should have put it at two and a half.
2: Probably. Oh well. Whatever. Jonathan. We'll see what we'll.
1: I'm not gonna lose anything Stunt. here. Uh, the most significant news, though, in the NFL was Jonathan Taylor. They did not trade him, and they're keeping him on pup, which yeah. means he has to miss the first four weeks of the season.
0: You think that's a like a this was a this would be a Daryl Morey move, a get back move. Because of all of this, because of the fact that he wanted to trade and the way he's handled it, or is this legit? Because I think, think to me, it's a get-back move.
1: I think if they traded Jonathan Taylor and he signed a new contract, I don't think he'd be on the PUP list. Correct. So, I I
0: remember I told you about the time that that, that Demo and uh, his agent was a former uh, B.J. Armstrong, and they they ticked Daryl and Les off, so they basically played a game with him of, we're signing you. They brought him back in, went him through the physical. He showed up for pregame, and they said – Hey, joke's on you. We're not signing you. We're going to say that you didn't pass your physical.
1: With all due respect, Demo's not Jonathan Taylor. I get and that. I think the Colts want to win football games but, and not having Jonathan Taylor is going to hurt. But the point is the owners are going to be petty. The, you
0: know, rich guys with a, lot, with a lot of money still have big egos and they get petty about stuff. But would it be pettier? If I'm, the, if, if, I'm, if I'm the head coach in the, 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 the team, if he legit
1: is healthy, I hate this. I, but I think it'd be pettier if you just played him and gave him 40 carries a game like you abuse him in his final year with the Colts. I think that would be pettier than, hey, we're going to give you four games off to start the year because you're annoyed with us. Maybe pettier, but I still think what's going on right
0: now is petty.
1: I think it's petty probably on both ends a little bit. To be honest, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. So the, the Texans cut down some of their roster. Not, I mean, the most notable names actually happened yesterday. The Christian Kirksey, uh, the Desmond King. One thing that I'm looking at today, though, Blankers, is this offensive line is is a cause of concern. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be a strength, and it would be a strength if they were fully healthy. I've been thinking that Kenyon Green's going to start the year on pump or IR, one of the two. Aaron Wilson confirmed that. He tweeted out today that there is a decent chance Kenyon Green's going to start the year on either pump or IR. The the news on Juice Scruggs' hamstring is not good. It was bizarre that he left the, the game the other day against the Saints after one series. I was hoping because they were protecting him. No, it's because he strained his hamstring. Aaron Wilson reports that it's a two- to four-week hamstring strain. So uh, Juice Scruggs not going to be ready for the opener. I don't think that Kenyon Green's going to be Ready for the opener? The Texans traded today for Kendrick Green, who didn't play a snap in a regular season game last year for the Steelers. After starting, I think it was 15 games at center for the Steelers in 2021. Very average, very mediocre player. They traded a six rounder for him. I don't mind that because they need the offensive line depth. But right now, blankers, the Texans are going to run out an offensive line in week one of Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Looks like Michael Dieter is going to be their left left, left guard. I have no idea who their center is going to be. I guess Jarrett Patterson, who they drafted in the sixth round, unless they can get uh, Kendrick Davis ready for the start of the year. Right guard, Shaq Mason, and their right tackle is going to be George Fan. That's an offensive Not line: Tunsil, Dieter, Patterson. I guess Shaq Mason and George Fan. That's your offensive line ahead of a rookie quarterback in his first ever NFL game. That's alarming. As long you know what it looked like when we thought they were really putting a a lot of
0: of concerted effort into building this offensive lineup to protect CJ, you thought, okay, this is what they need to do. I like what they're doing here. We knew that there were some question marks with Scruggs and and, and with, with Kenyon, but now you look at it and go, yeah, injuries happen. Things happen. You had no depth, and now you're sitting there looking at this scenario for week one of the regular season when everything counts going, oh, man. I don't feel good at all putting my rookie quarterback starting for the first time and potential franchise quarterback behind a line like that. I thought that, and I said this to you, even after the draft and when they were looking at uh, what they were going to do when they they got rid of Quisenberry, I thought they were going to go get a veteran and watch the waiver wire and bring in a veteran because it was so important to protect a guy like Stroud. What they did, I don't think, was enough to go get someone with experience that can help them Immediately, which is what they need. I think they're super limited on what
1: they can do, though. Like most of those guys are already on rosters, and some of those teams, most of those teams, all those teams aren't going to trade those type of players. Like I I think that. I think that Nick Casario really tried. I think Nick, look, he's, he's acquired two offensive linemen in the last seven days. He acquired Josh Jones. He he acquired Kendra Green. I I think that he has tried to boost up that offensive line. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't shock me if Josh Jones starts a game in the first three weeks of the season. It wouldn't shock me if Kendra Green starts over Jared Patterson at center in week one against
0: Baltimore. It wouldn't shock me either. But the thing that I was talking about was the fact that center is such an important position, mm-hmm. and you do so many different things that can aid a quarterback or could really hurt a quarterback. When you talk about, you know, your last line of, of reading a defense and trying to point out where the, where the rush might be coming from with the Mike linebacker and such, and the fact that there's so many idiosyncrasies with the center as it relates to the play call, that I thought that it was more imperative that they get a veteran, a guy that's been there and done that before, no matter how much you think that Scruggs might be your center of the future, and maybe that is as early as, you know, three, four weeks into the season. But for the right from the jump for a guy at center like Stroud, it, I thought it was imperative that they get another veteran, and they haven't done that yet. But I think that's something they may still look to do. I mean, is that not Kendra Green? Maybe down the line, but he didn't. He, you said he's never started a game.
1: No, no, no. He didn't start a game last year. He started 15 games in 2021.
0: Well, maybe, maybe. You know, Lance was high on him as being a guy that could play both positions. He could play guard. He could play center. To me, it's like I want a guy, and not that I'm looking at Ben Jones types, but I'm looking at guys that can kind of be another big brother stabilizing force that can help guide C.J. Stroud through the first couple of weeks of the season. But maybe you're right. Maybe it is Green, and maybe it, it, that's
1: a guy that they're going to believe it. See, I think this guy actually fits your mold. Like, picking up a center that can help with the position. Now, it required a Juice Scruggs injury. Like, it, it required Juice Scruggs getting hurt, yeah. and it doesn't look like Juice Scruggs going to be ready week one. Like, maybe Jared Patterson doesn't start at center week one. Maybe it is a Kendrick Green that starts at center in week one. Maybe Dieter doesn't start at left guard. Maybe you can get Josh Jones at the position, although he's never played left guard in the NFL. He's played left tackle. He's played right guard. Like Maybe there's ways you can patch it together. I don't think Titus Howard's going to be ready. Like The Texans' offensive line week one is going to be without three starters. Kenan Green, it was kind of a questionable starter. Uh, Juice Scruggs, who was going to be a rookie starter. And then Titus Howard, who you pay top five right tackle money to. And this, to me, is actually the bigger issue when we start talking about win total for the Houston Texans. And I talked to some people on the Twitter earlier today about Texans' win total and things like that. And the, the thing that you always hear is, well, the Texans, because they're playing in the AFC South, because they have a weak schedule, last play, strength of schedule uh, that they're going up against in their 17 games, they're playing a weak division in the NFC, the schedule stacks up for the Houston Texans. I get all of that. But for the Texans to win seven, eight, nine games, what is the other thing that the people that always like, they throw a disclaimer in there? Well, if they stay healthy, I think they can get to eight wins. If they stay healthy the entire year, they get to nine wins. Does that ever happen in the NFL? It's a physical sport. Does one team have entered the season with their 22 starters and all 22 starters make it to the end of the year without missing games? It never happens. Injuries are part of the game in the NFL more than anything. And the Texans are going to be without 60% of their starting offensive line in week one. And that, that might be what phase two is for the Texans like down the road is they they have to get deeper because we're seeing right now this offensive line's not going to be able to produce all that well because of injuries. What happens on the defensive line? If, If you lose two starters on the defensive line, you're going to be poor there. Two linebackers, poor there. Two members of the secondary, poor there. This team, while the top, like the 22 starters, cool. Those 22 starters look good. They have hope. They have promise. They have potential to someday be the pillars of the Houston Texans getting back to the postseason. Four, five, six injuries? This team has the worst roster in
0: the NFL. Yeah, we, we talked about it when they were putting this whole thing together, and, and we said that, hey, look, before you can get in, even get to a point where you're building depth, you have to build a quality roster. And I think that the first part of it, you're right. I think that they've got a quality set of 22. I think they can put quality players onto the field. But I think that the challenge Nick Casario faces when you're looking at Fant, when you're looking at the fact that you need guys that are, are swing offensive linemen, you need guys that are not only swing offensive linemen, but they're talented enough to hold their own for a week or two. When we talk about veteran backup quarterbacks that can come in and not just tread water, when you're a good team, we've seen now that there's value in having a really good backup just in case. Teddy Bridgewater, one of those examples when he won 5 0 one year when Breeze got hurt, and all of a sudden people started to take more notice. It's just as important when you're talking about key positions, especially when you're starting a rookie quarterback, how important offensive line play is. Sure, the receiving room is, is a concern, and that is important, but you can get by with the right play calls, as, assuming he has time and he's not running for his life like he was in week one. Right now, because they don't have any depth, he's going to probably be in a situation where he's not going to be able to do the kind of things that they want him to do in the plays they want to call because he's going to have problems with guys Getting through too quickly and putting pressure
1: on. It. Yeah, this isn't good for Stroud. It's not good for Stroud if you're. I mean, you're running out three players that are below average in the NFL. George Fant, below average. Dieter, if he's your left guard, below average. Jarrett Patterson was a six round rookie. Maybe you play Kendrick Green, who didn't play a single game last year for the Steelers because they didn't think he was that good. This offensive line's in shambles. Like you still have Tunzel, which is encouraging. But this offensive line is in shambles in front of a rookie quarterback. Now, the good news is, if you want to put a positive spin to this before we go to break, you expect Titus Howard back sooner rather than later. Juice Scruggs is going to come back in the first quarter-ish, maybe, of the year. And you hope Kenyon Green gets to a spot in terms of conditioning and in health where he's going to start a majority of the games for you at left guard once he does get back. First month of the season, though, this offensive line is going to be an issue. Worst
0: case scenario for a team that desperately needs protection for their quarterback because of how important Stroud is to this whole master plan, Just you just would not have expected this because they actually made a concerted effort to try and upgrade all those positions across the line.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, Casero added Jones, he added Kendrick Green. You guys are average NFL players at best. Seven one three, seven eight zero ESP and how alarming Pittsburgh is got this? got ripped for their line last year too, when you said he couldn't yeah, get on the field and could. Pittsburgh's line was not good. He was also working out as a fullback this year in an effort to make oh, the good. team. Yeah, just extremely encouraged. Just by the way, <laughs> just a little cherry on top of the, you know, dreadful segment we had talking about the truce of the Texans offensive line. How concerning is this for you? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also, the Houston Chronicle copied our idea, our very clever idea of stock up, stock down, which we created because we're content creators on the Killer B. Uh, what did they say? What did they say, and do we agree? Skiller B's on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Something that I got to uh, tell you about is something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is, uh, it's General Ben. It's near and dear to my heart, and Love to drink it as well. I've been telling you for a while that Gentle is the absolute best, and it's true. It all starts with the finest ingredients, classic, time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses their innovative process that removes the harshness that's found in most spirits. The result? Unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience unlike any other. You get all the flavor and none of the burn. Gentle offers vodka gin, straight bourbon whiskey, and cask-strength bourbon. All are fantastic. All are in my rotation. Just, appeals, just depends on my vibes that night. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store. Whichever one you go to, whatever's on the way home, pick up a bottle today. Next time you head to dinner, next time you go to your favorite bar, ask for Gentle Ben. If you're looking for some weekend plans, how about heading to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room? If you're going to some Astros games soon, stop by the Gentle Ben Bar right when you walk in the Union Station the uh, Union Station entrance, and also head to GentleBen.com. Look at their new website, Learn the incredible story, and also figure out where you can pick up some Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben, smoothest. on
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and
1: 92.5. 713-780-ESPN. He's blank on Branham. Uh, the general consensus... Of this offensive line, we're we're scared. We're we're frightened. We're terrified. Uh, Josh from Seabrook is a Texans fan. I'm getting 2002 vibes where David Carr got sacked 76 times. If they allow Stroud to get sacked, the the good news is you still have Tunsil. The good news is Hydes Howard's going to be back sooner rather than later. Maybe Kenyon Green, although maybe they redshirt Kenyon Green. Who knows? They might.
0: He's got to get, I mean, he's got to tighten some things up. He shouldn't be this dinged up. It's before, weird. Before camp even started, we knew that he had yeah. the medical procedure, but then we, we really didn't know about this upper body injury, and then all of a sudden he came up lame after he got Denny Terrio'd with a spin move and got stuck you know, in quicksand.
1: It was also weird that he's like, okay, day one, training camp, not really doing much, which you can understand, and then day two all the way up to the Saints preseason game, the final preseason game of the year, he's your left guard one. You, like, no doubt, starting left guard, and then against the Saints – Dieter's the guy. Kenyon Green's with the twos. Kenyon Green gets embarrassed, and then Kenyon Green gets hurt. It was <laughs> You think there's any bizarre.
0: chance, uh, uh, whether they add three, two, or if they add anything more, you think they're still looking offensive line? Because I do.
1: Oh, yeah, why not? Like, they have the second waiver claim tomorrow. So I think that they could be act- – I, I, they'd be silly not to use that. If you're sec- – you're letting it go without using it if you don't. Yep. So I think that they're going to use that tomorrow. Um, could I see another offensive lineman – The problem is you start to look at a a little bit of a roster crunch. Like, if you don't IL or Pup juice Scruggs and you know you're going to be without him for two to four weeks, that means you have to carry him on the roster. So he's got to be on the 53. I ultimately think that they'll put Kenyon Green on the Pup or the IR, so that opens up a roster spot there. But you trade it for Kendrick Green. He's going to make the team. You're not going to make that trade and cut it. Well... I shouldn't say Nick Casario would do that because Nick Casario has been known to do that. I I don't think that Josh Jones is somebody you trade for and then cut. So there's kind of a roster crunch at that spot. There's kind of a numbers game going on there.
0: Yeah, that could be a problem. I I just think that this is one where you got to hope for a cap casualty of a veteran somewhere across the league or maybe a couple of them across the league where you just look at it and say, there's someone with something left in the tank, but their contract might have been a little too big or for some other reason, maybe they drafted someone younger at the position and they're, they're looking to kind of turn the page. But you just hope that someone, whether it be a center or a guard, falls into their lap, that you can kind of solidify the middle of that line and, that in particular, the middle to the, to the left side to say, it's just so vitally important to Stroud and to what they're trying to do in his first year. I hope there's someone else out there that they can grab onto. Uh,
1: 713-780-ESPN. Before we look at this Chronicle article... The Angels released five guys just now. Five? They released Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gruchek. All five of those guys are big league players. No. Like, all question. five of those guys could help a playoff team tomorrow. No. They've they've waived Giolito, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, Randall Grucek. They acquired four of those guys Trade at the deadline. deadline. Yeah. What Renfro, the Renfro was supposed to be a huge upgrade to
0: help Trout and, and the pop in the lineup. He's a he's a better-than-average uh, defensive outfielder. <laughs> now, all those guys would be playoff eligible if they're claimed.
1: Yeah, Passen just said that huge potential playoff implications all can be claimed by teams for free on Thursday. So if, if he says huge potential playoff implications, I'm imagining that they could be on the playoff roster. Because I think to be on the playoff roster, you have to be on an active roster at some point of the year before September 1st. That's so,
0: I, I was wondering what the deadline... I, I pretty sure it's September, September 1st. 1st. So,
1: th- I mean, yeah, they would be. They would go through waivers in the next 24 hours. You're so the they're Astros, be are you looking at Gialito? Yes. No question about it, in my Lopez. mind. Okay, there's a lot to digest here. Because if you... I mean, all these pitchers, right? I think you put Matt a play Moore, on all of them, Matt right? Moore's your not bad. Yeah. Now, the thing is, like, you do have a roster crunch. Like, <laughs> talking about the offensive line. Like, you don't have a lot of spot for pitchers. Like, you have maybe one spot. Someone could get hurt, maybe one spot, but yeah. But you have to have them on the active roster by September first. That means you have to send down somebody. And right now, the Astros are pretty full. Yeah, they can't even send down Blanco, can they? Well, they send he's currently down. He's well, currently is he down. out of options? He can do one more. He one can, more. No, no. He, this, he can come up one more time, but that's the final time. Yeah, they, if they send down, him thought, now they put him on waivers. That's why
0: I asked because I thought so, some people on Twitter were saying he was out of options. I think we all thought yeah before that was he got confusing. Yeah. there
1: was a lot of there was a lot of confusion there. But this was the yeah. fifth time you get okay. to do it. You get to do it five times. Without being subject to waivers. This was the fifth time. So he's good now, but if Blanco gets called back up in September and then they send him down, he would be waived. I, I would, look, I, I think the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And then Gruchek and Renfro? Like, it might be yes there too. Well, you could
0: send Jake down. And... Yeah, see you later, Jake Myers. <laughs> yeah, see you later, Jake Myers <laughs> is right. Send Jake down. This get is some, bizarre. Get a really good upgrade in the outfield.
2: I like, my first reaction, Jeremy, was you're getting played.
1: I know. I, like it, that I know. Sounds
2: so blasphemous. We, we had a,
1: we had a texter say that this the Angels just released five players. I was like, this isn't true. So I, I just actually searched Jeff Passan. So yeah. I, I wasn't like it didn't pop up my timeline. Uh, yeah, I, I, I found, seeked him out.
2: Yeah, I, I get the notifications from passing like for this reason now with everyone <sighs> be able to buy check marks. It's very real.
1: This is baffling. This shouldn't be allowed. Quite frankly,
2: they're saying. Quite he, frankly,
1: this should be against the rules. Passan is saying. I really it's think salary, you're right though. because it could
0: really you can reset the deck yeah. and stack it. Stack a team this late. I think that's bad.
1: Now he's saying it's a salary dump, so they have to pay the salaries, and they can save for a little two bit of more money.
0: Yeah, seriously, you're well, I mean, already overcommitted yeah. for Otani. I mean, if you're Otani, you go, oh, oh, this is not, this is troubling.
1: They're trying to save every dollar for Otani. I mean, this is the purpose of this but, to save but, five. I mean, let's just assume these guys make seven million dollars on average. You get to save seven to ten million dollars off your payroll, and then you throw that all at Shohei Otani. This is again a Shohei Otani move. But I've never seen a Major League Baseball team release five legitimate big leaguers but here, on August 29th.
0: Here's why it's still troubling, even if you're trying to save money to get Otani. If you get Otani and you get him back, now you're scrambling to get those those kind of players and more to fill out your roster and make you better than you were a year ago when you were bringing in Hunter Renfro and, and, and doing the things you, you were trying to commit to doing so that he felt like you were legitimately trying to make this team better. Around around all the you know complementary players as well as some of the, money, the guys they've spent money on. Now, if you're you're Otani, if he
1: signs, what are you putting around us? You know, what are you putting around me well, and Mike guys, Trout? All these guys were on the final year, I think. Maybe without the exception Chilino of Hunter Renfro, for sure, yeah. yeah. So all these guys were rentals. So this is all. I'm pretty sure Renfro was even a. Actually, I think Renfro was like in the final year of arbitration. Because they traded for them, So, like, none of these guys, uh, maybe, maybe Renfro, but all the other ones, Giolito, Moore, Lopez, Gruchek, they were all Reynolds. So, it's not like you're losing any players that were going to be on the roster next no, year. No, but
2: what you're losing, look, and I know I am, like, the prospect hugger, okay? Yeah, you are Love a prospect the show. hugger. But the Angels traded the number 66 overall prospect in Major League Baseball yeah. for guys they just cut.
1: But it was, I mean, it's a sunk cost at this point. They didn't They work. could also, they could know, also know, re-sign like, them.
2: What a clown organization. Like, the fact that you traded the number two and three prospect in your organization for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, and you're cutting these guys on yeah. August 29th? You're pathetic.
1: I think I'm putting a waiver claim. The problem is, if you put a waiver claim on all of them and then you get all of them, what do you do? uh so like maybe you have to pick because it means legitimately yeah like i don't think that's going to happen i think there's going to be a lot of teams that are putting waiver claims in on these guys but i mean worst case scenario you put a waiver claim on all three for some reason nobody else tries to claim them and then you end up all three and it's like uh uh-oh what do we do so i think i would roll the dice though i think i'm waiver claiming every single one of these players i'm dead serious if i'm dana brown if i'm the houston astros and the, the likelihood is you're not getting any of them because the Astros have a very low waiver claim.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, and other teams are going to play defensive too. If, if they know that they see you know where their claim is and they know it's that they're sliding yeah. to the Astros, there are teams that are going to be on the defensive to make sure the Astros don't get them. Either starting pitcher to me... I, with what we've seen in the starting pitching. Well, only one's out. Only
1: Giolito's a starter. The Moore and Lopez are relievers. Okay, I, I thought Lopez, did, Lopez has never... I think he did like when he broke the bigs, but he's a converted... He's, he's been a reliever for the Gialito, last Giolito, the first
0: name that caught my eye, because a- a- I thought that that was a guy that should have gone after at the deadline. Got lit up yesterday. And he had some struggles before the, the Sox last, with the Sox before he got traded. But maybe you get him with the law firm, and maybe... You know, look, is he better than Javier? I don't know. But is he a guy that you could put in the back end of your starting pitching rotation in the playoffs because he had experience? Experience-wise, yes. Can you write the ship? I don't
1: know. I'm, I'm putting a waiver claim on all these guys. Every single one of them, I'm claiming.
2: You're also playing defense yourself. The Astros yeah. are 24th. If you put in claims, you're ahead right now of the Rangers and, and the, the Mariners. Mariners yeah. It's so like... I mean, we all know the Mar- the Rangers' bullpen is trash. Look,
1: I don't think that any of these guys would get to the Astros. I really don't. I think that all of these guys would be picked up before the Astros' waiver claim, which is at number 24, as Joe as Joe puts it. The, it, the risk is, though, if you put it on all five and you end up with all five, you have some either money that you're going to have to eat or you're going to have to make some, some very difficult roster decisions. But, but I'm doing it. We I'm know so the right. Rangers I'm are for it, go cranes it Mo. money. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm putting a claim in all five of these guys to play defense. And look... Somebody's, one of, any one of these five would help you. Any one of these five would be an upgrade. Moore would be an upgrade in your bullpen. He's a lefty. Lopez would be an upgrade. Giolito would be an upgrade over Christian Javier, if we're being completely honest. Renfro and Gruchek are both better than Jake Myers. Gruchek can play center. Renfro can't, but he's a right-handed hitter that can hit. He's got a cannon for an arm. All of these guys would help this roster. I'm claiming all five of them. It sounds stupid. It sounds bold, but I'm playing defense, and maybe one of them gets to me. I don't think any of the five would.
0: But we also know that the Mariners are. I mean, the Rangers are in complete go for it mode. Now the Mariners have gone for it for the last two years, spending a boatload of money. I don't know how much more what their threshold is to be willing to continue to spend. But we know the Rangers just what they did at the deadline alone, going out and getting Scherzer uh, and uh, um, Montgomery. When you're, when you're the Rangers in go-for-it mode, they already had traded for Chapman. Mm-hmm. It's another opportunity to get yeah. try to be what the Astros are and get there and
1: go for it. I guarantee you the Rangers will put a claim in on both relievers because yep. their bullpen is atrocious. So they would put a claim in on both relievers at minimum. So you got to play a little defense here. you got to be bold. Dana Brown, Jim Crane, put a waiver claim on all five of these guys. I don't think you get one. But you do it just in case. Seven one three seven eight zero. What a bizarre move! That is crazy. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We're gonna cash it or trash it. Coming up next: hot takes overreactions that we have. If you have a hot take, you have a, an overreaction that you want us to cash or trash. Send them on in. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. Something that you need to be cashing is BetUS. They're trying to give you money. Listen up, sports bettors. I'm here to tell you about my favorite sportsbook and casino. That's BetUS.com. Football is back, and that means it's time to lay down your bets. And I only endorse one sportsbook and casino, and that's BetUS.com. Why, you ask? Well, it's because BetUS is celebrating its 30th year, three decades of sports betting service. A special offer this football season where you get up to 30 risk-free bets. That's right. 30 risk free bets. It's called Bet Protect. If that isn't enough for you, it should be, but if it's not, BetUS offers the industry's biggest 125% sign up bonus. That's that's right, 125% sign up bonus, the biggest in the industry. And there's more. BetUS.com offers a massive 200% crypto sign up bonus and a 250% casino bonus. They're giving you Money. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it to another level at betusa.com. Live in game betting. We all love that. Don't wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer up to 30 risk free bets. Get Bet protect get started today by visiting betus.com or give them a call at 1-800-MY-BET-US that's 1-800-692-3887 to learn all about their bonuses and special offers 1-800-MY-BET-US betus.com sportsbook and casino where the game they say muhammad ali was the greatest of all time but he never fought Cassius clay
0: it's cash em or trash em with the killer bees this is your hot take. Hmm. give us a hot spoonful
1: of your opinion Huh. Three three seven nine. not not too pleased with our baseball talk. So like the other guys. All right, cash or trash. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. HRP listener line. Cash or trash, you can play along. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We always uh go age before beauty here. So blankers, what do you got? What are you crap? What are you cashing?
0: Astros
1: are going to not only
0: make the playoffs, Jose Abreu will be one of their three
1: best players. Hitters trash. in the postseason. <laughs> trash. Trash. He's going to be better than Altuve. I'll just go down the lineup. Altuve, <laughs> Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, Uncle Mike, maybe. Uh, Yiner's not going to play. I think he- Chaz, Pena. No, I'm, 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 I wouldn't even say top five. Joe? I think you set the bar too high. I like
2: it. I'm going to trash it. Trash. Only because I think the bar is too high. Like if you would have said top four, you probably could sell me on. No, that. you couldn't. That like Tucker Alvarez.
0: I think some El guys Cube. are going to get pitched around. I think there's going to be lots of opportunities. I think he's going to get better pitches, and I I like the fact that lately he, whether it was a back injury or not, it looked there's more there's more to resemble what he was even a year ago or when we saw him in the playoffs when he could get key base hits and he was a, he had a good eye at the plate. And I just feel like, for, and I, I, maybe I was too loyal to him all regular season too. But I really feel like because of how good this lineup's going to get, he's going to have ducks on the pond and opportunities to knock guys in, and he's going to take advantage of
1: it. Yeah, I just can't give him top three. I mean, you got Altuve. Okay, well, then what where would you, got you put? Bregman. I mean, five. I would five would be a better number, but I still, I mean, Yiner's playing time is a question here too because I think if Yiner and Abreu had. Equal at bats, I, I'm going to side I with think. Yiner over I Abreu. I
0: post, first postseason for any young guy.
1: Hey, I go talent over experience every single time. But Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, Yordan. Uh, La Pena has heroics last year and has been hot. Uh, Chas McCormick, can he carry it over? So I think five would have been the number. No way I can go top three.
0: It's hot takes, man. That's what I'm doing.
1: It's all right. I mean, I like it. That's so. all right. Speaking of uh, Astros and offense... They're pushing right now that the Astros' club record for a catcher single season is Yiner Diaz has set the mark. No. Yiner is not the franchise record holder in most home runs as a catcher. They're trying to sell you that it's his primary position. That's the whole language they're using. Yiner Diaz has started 33 games as a catcher, 32 at DH. So technically, yeah, it's his primary position. Evan Gattis hit 32 home runs in 2016. Now, his primary position was DH, 68 games as a DH, 49 games as a catcher. But Evan Gaddis is going to catch more games than Yiner Diaz. He's going to have more home runs in a season than Yiner Diaz, yet Yiner Diaz is the single-season home run record for a catcher. Also, Tony Adams on Twitter sent me this yesterday. Here are the home run totals for Astros' home runs while they were catching. Because Yiner Diaz only has 10 home runs while he's catching. And they're trying to spin that he's the Astros franchise record holder for a catcher in a single season. He actually has fewer than Maldonado. Maldonado this year has 11, cat- 11 home runs as a catcher when he's catching. Diaz has 10. Maldonado has more home runs this year as a catcher than Yiner Diaz does. Yiner Diaz is not the single season record holder for a catcher in Houston Astros history. Gaddis hit 19 as a primary catcher. McCann hit 18. Robinson Chirinos hit 17. Yiner Diaz is nowhere close. I, I mean,
0: I like it. I, li- I don't know if we're going to get our credentials for the postseason, but. I like it. I, I mean, like it can't be that mad at that.
2: <laughs> you know they're
1: super reachy on that. Look, I, I guess
2: I just don't understand why they're spinning it that way. Because it just they're trying odd to, to they're trying
1: to promote their own player. I get it. I get it. They're trying to promote their own current player. But aren't but they also trying
0: to pave the silly. way even more for him to be the catcher of the future? But everybody knows that.
1: Yeah. Every, like this isn't a Yiner bash. This is like, why are you spinning this? No, I know. This to I know. Me? Yeah. Well, like, I, I mean, love I think,
0: Yiner. You know this. Yeah, but I, no, because when you ask the question, you know, are they that sensitive? I worked for an organization that was. I know that. The PR department gets that way. If, if but you're right. I mean, you got to do it based on how what what you've done at the position while playing the actual position. I never wanted to see Evan Gaddis behind the plate. I always, I never really considered him like a, a really good catcher or a catcher that I would want to see behind the dish. But I know that he was McCann's backup. But yeah, look, I'll cash that. I think the fact is you got to be at the position to hit or and, and play that as much as you, more than you played any other position. To qualify. So I'll cash that. Joe.
2: After losing. <laughs> oh, sorry. After losing to Michigan for the third straight year, Ryan Day gets fired at the end of the season. Did you cash or trash? Uh, yeah, you
1: don't think you played I along. I cashed. You didn't play alone. <laughs> I'm going to uh, trash this. There's, they're not moving from
2: Ryan Day. You don't think so? No no he's been too good there. No way. He hasn't done nothing.
1: Been too good there. I mean, he hasn't done nothing.
2: What's he won? Doesn't matter. But he's
1: got the Big Ten routinely.
2: Oh, not anymore. It's Michigan's house now. Michigan's pretty darn good, man. They're gonna be real good this
1: year. I was looking at some uh, list of uh, like top NFL prospects by position, and Michigan had like two dudes on every single one. Their quarterback McCarthy was top five. Their running backs Quorum and I forget the other guy were one two. The guy that got hurt before the yeah Quorum yeah. they're one two Michigan's running backs are one two in terms of NFL draft prospects in college football Michigan has the top two in the country
2: I went on quorum for uh, Heisman when I was out there in Vegas I forgot to tell you that oh did you yeah ah,
1: that's interesting one
0: that's to, to, I just can't see any way that day gets fired I, I think that you know being like hand-picked from herb and the fact that he's done more than enough he's done has he, has he not done more than than Harbaugh? Uh, in the Big Ten, it's an easy win, but they win. They win the Big Ten consistently. I, I just think. It, I, I just don't think he's going to get fired. Maybe he might be on the hot seat because of how much they expect every single year. But I don't think he's going to get fired. Trash.
1: There you go. What else you got?
0: You got anything from? I don't. That, I don't have any more. Here's
1: I'm a. Ahead. Here's a very very hot take. This one is uh, super hot takey. Super. How would I say this? Egregious. Over the top. Baseball should have the white towel throw in the towel rule like boxing does, where the corner man in the dugout can just say, you know what, this is too much of a beating, I'm throwing in the towel, we're going to live to fight another day. As a matter of fact, we already have it, except it's not a specific rule. Bear claw was an example of the white towel rule yesterday. How many times do you see seventh, eighth, ninth inning where you have a mop up pitcher in the game trying to finish out the last six outs of a fifteen run game? Position players pitching like they were in Detroit, like Martín Maldonado did the other day. If a team at any point of the game says, "You know what? I don't want to burn up my pitching. I'm going to take the loss right here, right now. We're already going to lose this game anyways." Throw in the white towel in the seventh inning. Call it a day. Everybody's happy. The team guarantees a victory, so they're cool. The other team gets to save its bullpen, so they're cool. Let's add the white towel boxing rule into Major League Baseball.
0: I want to trash it because I, I don't think trash. it's ever going to fly in terms of... But it'd be better game. Yeah, but, but no question about it. So then but, you should but, be but, cashing
1: but, it. But no, because the,
0: the, the baseball community, uh, the powers that be with Rob Manfred and everybody else, they care about the families they care about the experience they care about a family that or a whole bunch of guys drinking beer but either way they're having a hell of a great time and they know they've got a couple more innings to either drink or get their you know their cotton candy and their cracker jacks and enjoy baseball and if you say that oh they threw the white tile and that's it thanks for coming everybody go home that's why they won't do it
1: yeah, I'm not. I don't care about what they're going to do. This I'm telling is, them this is how they should do their jobs. I care about my take, not their take. Manfred's a fraud, anyways. Is an idiot. This would be better for the game. We're trying to shorten games. This would shave thirty minutes off of every blowout.
2: This is really tough because, like, I, I I'm going to cash the idea and just ignore the logistics of it because of, of why it's impossible. Because honestly, when they start throwing position players out there, like it's just a waste of my time. Frankly, I think it should be a rule. You can't do that.
0: I think statistically it's tough too when you see guys hitting bombs and just teeing off on slow pitch softball like pitches. That at the end of the year when you look at it, it inflates statistics unfairly. I think.
2: Like I would love for them to like have like you have to have a certain amount of bullpen pitchers on your taxi squad, and that's what they're only used for. Like they're not minor league pitchers, even like almost like your bullpen catcher. Like so you're
0: thinking, Amante can go in there and, and get a couple innings.
2: Just give me like, just give me like a throwaway guy. Like give me like Seth Martinez. Like sorry, Seth, this is mean to you. You don't belong on the Astros anymore. You're just going to be on our
1: taxi yeah, squad. That's, and you're like not, you're not thinking this through, though, because that, that's not good for their development. That's just all get Hunter good Okay, no, then just we'll, throw then, in a white towel. Then we'll
2: get a bunch of Madison Bumgarner's out there. Everybody, like, hey, we'll pay you a million dollars. <laughs> that'd be, be kind of fun, actually. Or maybe there's what if there's like, a there's neutral? Like,
1: there's what, like a Legends Rule. What, what if there's a like a neutral mop-up guy? guy? What if there's a neutral all-time mop-up pitcher? Guy. Yeah, you have the worst eggs. <laughs> What this is this is worse than the white towel.
2: Like Madison Bumgarner is going to be at the Astros game tonight. If someone wants to throw a pitcher, a position player, Madison Bumgarner pitches for that team.
1: Eight zero two nine cash or trash. Skip Bayless is missing Shannon Sharp because the new undisputed is straight trash.
0: Uh, I don't think so yet. But I think that guys walking off the set and getting into it. I don't think that he realized he was signing up for that if you missed it when Richard Sherman basically was saying that he said something about the fact that a corner is the a more intel. you have to be smarter to play corner than you do wide receiver and Keyshawn and Michael Irvin walked off the set for a second. I don't think that Skip signed up for all that. I think he doesn't like not being the centerpiece.
1: I'm not knowledgeable enough to answer this question because the next time I watch that show will be the first time I watch that show.
2: I've always seen highlights and I just think it's funny like watching all these guys just talk, and Skip Bayless is just like sitting there. That's what I
1: mean. I don't think he likes that at all. Yeah. Is Keith calling with a cash it or trash it?
2: I don't think so. Is he's this about, is this
1: our is this the Keith that we already know? I think so. All right, well, he can wait. We don't need How about to get the to
0: fact Keith? too that it's like musical chairs. Keyshawn, ESPN guy. Now he's on Fox. Sharp uh, Fox guy. Now he's on
1: ESPN. Everybody's just shuffling the deck, and it's not getting any any better. I just can't get it on those shows. I just can't do it. 713-780-ESPN. That's Cash It or Trash. If you have anything that you want to cash or trash, uh, tweet them at Joel. He'd love to hear from you. All right, NFL. Rank the divisions in the NFL from best to worst. It's... And Jeremy Brenham. All right, let's rank the divisions in the NFL from best to worst. Last year... You had a bunch of good divisions. You also had some lousy divisions. Hello, South, in both conferences. Who do you have at the top, Blankers? What is the toughest division in the NFL? Man, um, to me, it could be the
0: AFC East. As much as we say the West with the Chiefs, I mean, it's top-heavy, and, and we, we know that the Chargers are you know a sexy pick to keep moving up and, and doing more. But to me, because of the addition to Rogers to the Jets and the Jets were already a good football team and Miami has loaded up and Buffalo is a, a Super Bowl contender and the Patriots now that they have a real offensive well a somewhat real offensive coordinator, but I think that you know they're not going to be you know slouches by any means coached by Belichick they still are going to be you know decent I, I I would start with the the AFC east and say I, I think that's the the strongest division in in the NFL?
1: I have them at the top of my list, too. I think the NFC, the AFC East just doesn't have a a bad team. And I think that they have legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Yes, contenders. I I think the Buffalo Bills are obviously contender. I think the New York Jets are a contender with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think that they're going to be really good. They have tons of talent around Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers is going to have a great year. It's a playoff team. I think they could get hot. I think they could be... A team that is a dark core Super Bowl contender. You're right. The Patriots are going to be solid. Like, even with as poor as that roster is going to be, Bill Belichick's going to find ways to be competitive to win football games. He got to the playoffs two years ago with Mac Jones as a rookie and now has a real, he has a quote unquote real offensive coordinator after having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge call plays for them last season. And then Miami's good, man. Like, if Tua can stay healthy, big if. But Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in football, Jalen Waddell is fantastic. And that's a team that's going to have. Uh, a good running game, no matter what. And I know they don't run it a ton last year, but they're going to be a team that has uh, really, really good. Your boy, the Mad Scientist, too, is a really good offensive mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dangerous team. I think Miami's dangerous. So that that's those are four teams that I think are going to be, at minimum, solid. I think that the Dolphins could be a dark horse playoff team. Probably not even that dark horse, if we're being completely honest. Buffalo's a Super Bowl contender year in, year out. Jets are a Super Bowl contender year in, year out. Any objection, Joe George, to the AFC East top division in the NFL?
2: No, that's how I did it. I did it for a... Based on teams, I think they can make the playoffs and win at least one game, and I went four for four in that division, so they're number one for me.
1: Okay, all right, yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, second, I have the AFC North. I'm going to AFC teams, right, or conferences, right out of the gate. We know the AFC is stronger than the NFC. Baltimore, playoff team potentially. Cincinnati, potential Super Bowl team. Yep. Cleveland. Eh. I think they're a potential playoff team. And I think Pittsburgh, if they have some... Look, Tomlin's never had a losing season. Pickett's in year two. It's a young core around Kenny Pickett. That's a team that could be a winning team as well. AFC North is a, a gauntlet. AFC North is very, very good. I have them second. Yeah, I, I, I thought
0: about them at second. And, I, and I, it was, to me, I, I was leaning that way for a while. But when you look at it, and I just go division top to bottom, I, I look at it and say, "Look, I, I think that the the as as bad as the NFC is overall, but I, I'll look at a team uh, at a division that we constantly looked at as the NFC least, and I'll go. I'll say the NFC East is, is a division to me because Philly's a Super Bowl contender. There, there should be the favorite in the NFC coming out. Dallas has everybody talking Super Bowl. Giants made the playoffs a year ago, and Washington has everything but a quarterback and as much as do I think Sam Howell right, out, right on the jump, again, is going to just take the reins and run with it and be the difference that a veteran couldn't be in Washington, probably not. But top to bottom, the way that, that division stacks up with three potential playoff teams, two with Super Bowl aspirations, and a team that has another the rest of the roster that's decent, I'll say the NFC East. I went back and forth
1: on that one. Because I had the NFC East the 3. Same. The 2 and 3 was very, very tight with me with the North and the NFC East. And you bring, you bring up really good points. The reason that I gave the AFC East or the AFC North the edge over the NFC East is because I just think the AFC is better than the NFC. That's, I agree. Where do, where do you go with this, Joe? Break the tie for us. AFC North and NFC East. Oh, I have to break a tie? Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, I don't get to have my own list? You're, you, you're just you don't have ours? one of those two conferences or one of those two divisions in your top t- your second? You're going to say it's the, the AFC West, aren't you? Because the the Chargers and the
2: Chiefs yeah. are so good. I saw that coming like, up. I, I know the Broncos and the Raiders are meh. They both but suck. like,
1: yeah, they were terrible. I actually.
2: know, but like the top of that is so good. And that's like, fair. If you, that's fair. If you get the best out of Jimmy Garoppolo, which isn't great, you oh still have boy. Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. You still have Max Crosby, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. What if Russell Wilson's good? So I went AFC West. If we're not going to play that game, I'm going to go AFC North. I'll break the tie.
0: Bet on
1: ifs, buts, candies,
0: and nuts I had instead to- of like the whole totality of the division I know well, like, I, I just... mean
1: this is kind of like the quarterback room conversation right like Pat Mahomes could be in a quarterback room with Blank and Joe George and that's the best quarterback room in the NFL right because Pat Mahomes is in that quarterback room, if Kansas City is going to be a dominant Super Bowl champion, go back to back, then does it matter who's in the rest of the division? So I, I see where Joe's coming from here. And I mean, look, it I had depends the, on our grading system though, too. But we're just
0: taking total wins from a division. And well, we like
1: never really defined it, right. so I mean, it's it's kind of to each their own. I, I did have the AFC West fourth, so I don't think it's crazy that the AFC West would be second for Joe, especially if he's going look. Kansas City the best team in the NFL, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. So give me the AFC West. Did you have a uh, AFC North, NFC? East? East in your top four? The, those the, I have: AFC North three, NFC East four. Okay, so we all have the same top four in a little bit different order. Let's get to the bottom half of the NFL. Do you want to go worst here? Do you want to go worst four? I think we yeah. should think reverse based order on time. Okay. Well, I mean, we have plenty of time to get all four, but we go reverse order. I think it's more entertaining. What is the worst division in the NFL? <laughs>
2: it's a good question. I think it it's really a, is.
1: I think it's a two division it race. It is. I, think I have two it, division it, race.
0: I really think the NFC West is really bad. With besides the Niners, okay. But,
1: see, that wasn't my two divisions I was thinking about. Well, I think they're really
0: bad. I, I I don't think I obviously don't believe in the North the way some people do. I still haven't teams, but Minnesota and Detroit are good.
1: How is the NFC North worse than the AFC South though? I think I think well, yeah. Well, AFC South. See, I actually have the AFC South as my worst division in the NFL. I think the, NF- I think the NFC South could be the worst division. I that was the, one I was fighting I about. have
2: the NFC South as my last one just yeah. because even though I think the Saints could be better with Derek Carr, they're still objectively terrible. Yeah, I don't think they're going, I, going I know, anywhere even if they I make the I love Olave. Objectively like, terrible? I don't think they're good. You don't think they're good? I don't think they're good. I think they're going to win their division. I think they'll be a double-digit team. So here's the thing but with like the AFC South,
1: though. Is there a team that's objectively good in the AFC South? Jacksonville won nine games last year in a poor division. Good. I think Jacksonville is the best team in the division. Yeah, I don't think they're way better than the best team in the NFC South, which is the Saints. Yeah. I think the Saints are the best team in the South. I think the Jags are the best team in the South. They play head-to-head. I think it's a flip game. Say, to if you go head-to-head, head, then
0: you've got to go head-to-head in the division. Who's the, right. Is
1: Tennessee the second-best team in the South? I would argue yes.
0: Okay. I so would then, argue yes. So then, who's the? I
1: think they match up the after that. Tennessee, Atlanta, very similar teams. Tampa Bay. I think they're going to have a bit of a drop off. Carolina has a rookie quarterback, much like the the Texans do. Like Tampa Bay, I think is equivalent with Indy with uh, with the Colts. Carolina, I think is better than the Texans. As a matter of fact, I think the I think the Saints are better than the Jags, and I think the Falcons are better than the Titans.
2: I'm going what,
1: I'm going? AFC South worst, NFC. Look, this is you know, Sisters of the Poor. I'm going NFC South, yeah. second worst, AFC South worst. The only reason why I said the NFC West
0: is in that discussion, Arizona's going to mail it in all year. And, and, they're not, and Kyler Murray may never see the field because they don't, want to, they don't want to even put him out there. And they don't know what they're, going, they're just going to They're looking at picks. I think Seattle's going to have a huge drop-off. I think Geno Smith was fool's gold. He had a great year. I just don't believe in Geno Smith. I think the Rams are going to be god-awful, and now Stafford's wife is talking for Stafford about a disconnect with him and players and mm-hmm. all these other things. The Niners are the only saving grace in that entire that's division. That's the
1: thing. Like, if you put those three divisions into one giant pool, that's a Niners 12-team the best pool, team in all San Francisco is easily yep. going number one. Yep. So if like that's my—and this is kind of the Joe theory of why he had the AFC West so high— if I'm putting those twelve teams into a pool and I'm trying to pick the best team from that pool, it's easily San Francisco. Yeah. It's unanimous San Francisco. So that's why I gave the NFC West the edge over the N- yeah. NFC South, AFC South. But I did have the NFC West after the NFC North. And I, and I don't actually. think that there's you know much of a chance of this happening. But if Purdy somehow
0: just falls off, or just you know sophomore jinx, whatever it is in year two, or his health wise he's not ready, and Darnold is the guy they have to rely on.
1: I don't think I think they're fine actually.
0: I think you know. I think there's too many weapons on both sides of the football, but I, I just think there's there's that chance. But you're right. If you put them all in a, into a, the hopper and you say you, know, you got to have a draft, well, the, the Niners are easily going for
1: it. I, I, I kind of want to see Sam Darnold play start eight games. I think with a with a good football team, think, he
0: could do what Purdy does. I think
1: he'd be. I think he'd be all right. I, you know, I I've talked right. about
0: this ad nauseum about the fact that yeah, you can you can criticize what he hasn't done since he got to the league where he was picked, but when you have all those coaches, all those offensive coordinators, all those systems he had to learn and just hopping around and, and, and all the interchangeable parts. It's not conducive to a successful quarterback. To put him in a situation like that with everything around him on both sides of the ball, I
1: think he could do that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to see it. All right, where did we go wrong? Seven one three, seven eight zero ESPN. What is the best division in the NFL? What's the worst division in the NFL? Christian Javier. Out of the playoff rotation, right? Is he off the playoff roster? It's a Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5.